Hi, this is Brendan Davis, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone, and we are talking about Babylon 5 Season 3 and the start of Season 4. Uh, we're going to be covering the episode Shadow Dancing, uh, Zahadum, and Hour of the Wolf. And those are the sort of the, the, the final episodes of Season 2 and the first episode of... Oh, sorry, the final episodes of Season 3 and the first episode of Season 4. And this is where things really, really <laughs> sort of start accelerating in a crazy way. So why don't we talk about Shadow Dancing first? Uh, okay. what's, what's your uh, synopsis of the, uh, of the episode? Well, uh, in this episode, they have been hinting how the shadows are trying to drive everyone into this particular area to uh, kind of set up an ambush once they've herded everyone together. So uh, in this one, they plan to kind of beat them to the punch and be ready for them to show up in that area. And uh, Ivanova and Marcus get sent out as scouts to be looking out for them. And... uh, but basically to call everyone in for a huge battle when the shadows show themselves. And the other plot thread going through this is Franklin finally uh, resolves his uh, his whole walkabout plot. So uh, what did you think of this one? I mean, this was a, this was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I think, I think that uh, it's, it's sort of odd because I, there's been so much stuff going on. It almost kind of, you know, I like, I know this is like the last two episodes of the season, but it kind of blends together with all of them. So it didn't it, like, I think the previous season, the last two episodes really sort of stood out if I remember. And I feel yeah. like if only because the quality of the, of the storyline has really been blossoming. The, the, this one at least didn't stand out quite as much as uh as the other penultimate episodes but i thought it was a good episode um and and there's a lot that happens and and we get and and we get a lot you know we get a big revelation at the end of it um Mm -hmm. franklin's (laughs) franklin's plot is a very weird plot we've talked about this where he's on his personal sort of drug addiction journey but there's like cosmic level (laughs) conflicts going on in the other plot so you couldn't have like the only thing that could have been like more of a contrast if his is if his subplot was like going to get like a bag of groceries at the grocery store and the challenges that he was encountering <laughs> along the way. Um, like, like which which line should I pick? That one looks like it's moving faster, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh... <laughs> But, but yeah, it, oh, go ahead. I mean, it almost kind of calls out the plot line in this too with Franklin's Franklin's you know, doppelganger basically accusing him, look, you're being really selfish here. There's you know, bigger things going on and you're, you're taking all this personal time, but, uh, but it's still weird even with it calling itself out. It's still a weird, uh, thing to be going on in the show. And I guess in this episode, we did also get, uh, Ivanova and Marcus spending time together, right? Cause they were both in the yes. star and he was kind of putting the moves on. He's been doing this the whole time. But it seemed like if if he is gonna make headway, and I don't know if he is, um, that he's at least taking better steps now than he was in the hmm. past. Um, at the very least, uh, she's enjoying his company more. Um, yeah. So I don't yeah. I don't know if, if he's gonna end up being her type or not. He's also was this the, was this the episode where we found out that he's a virgin? Ah, uh, I might have missed that. I. Uh... 
I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I, I spaced out or something, but I don't remember I, that. I could have sworn there was – maybe I'm imagining it. I could have sworn he said he revealed that he was a virgin. Um, he may have. I, uh, I, I, I may have just forgotten. I don't know. It may not have uh, registered in my brain. Okay. But... <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it might have even been something that uh, came up in another episode if it did come up. But uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll clarify that one because I don't want to put out the rumor that Marcus is a virgin if he really isn't one. Um, I believe it. I believe uh, it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the uh, the stuff with Marcus and uh, Ivanova in this. I mean, it, not, not not just you know the relationship angle, but I thought it was uh, good seeing them deal with everything with the shadows and so on. I thought it was a a good sequence in the episode. And uh, also there was there was something that happened. I know we're jumping all over, but one thing that I thought uh, was interesting was I think this is like the second or third time we've heard them talk about a revelation when somebody's been in sick bay. Um, so like after so so uh, Franklin Franklin is dying from his um, uh, you know he gets stabbed yeah. And, yeah. and he ends up in sick bay and I forget I forget the exact phrasing and why and who was saying it if it was like maybe jacquard narrating it or whatever but 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 they t- but there's there's somebody mentioned something about a revelation uh i think it was garibaldi saying like if you ever need like revelations again you know do it this way or so i forget like but but that was exa- like uh uh when when um lanier was not lanier when marcus was in there uh after he fought with narun you know, mm-hmm. he said, you know, next time you need a revelation, you know. Yeah. Something. And so it's like it's like the same room and there's still, you know, so I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that is. I I, uh, I can't think of the exact line you're talking about in this episode. But uh, but yeah, that's that's an interesting contrast there, because, I mean, that that was only a couple episodes ago. And, uh, and so what, what did you think of the uh of the Franklin walkabout, getting stabbed, seeing himself, all that. Uh, stuff. How did that stuff go with you? I don't know. I mean, it, it it was okay. I didn't I didn't hate it this time like I did the first time I watched the show. But you know, it's not like I was particularly engaged in it. I mean, it's like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing that it calls um, you know it almost calls itself out for being this kind of silly diversion. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, it, it, it still is kind of a silly diversion. But, uh... I, th- I think what what bothered me about his plot is that I didn't feel like the, where he ends up, he, his ba- he, the thing that he sort of realizes is he needs to do better, not more. Right. That's sort of what he, he decides. Like he just has to do better, but not more. Uh, like, I guess he doesn't have to spend as much of his time being yeah. a doctor. Is that what he said? I don't know. But it just seemed um... like a I don't know if that's like the mindset you want a guy who recently just got off of stims to have like that seems <laughs> like i don't know it just doesn't seem like i don't think he's turned the corner um <laughs> I, you know i mean compared to other characters big 
you know, revelations on this show. I mean, you know, Jakar's big revelation this season, it's like, you know, this this doesn't even, like, merit, you know? It's just like, the, sh- the show's do- done so much better when characters turning oh. some corner before. It's just like, yeah. Okay, so Franklin goes basically goes back to being Franklin again. But but that's what it's, I'm saying. Like, like even, oh, I'm accepting, I'm accepting the you. mundane, like, this is a more mundane revelation, fine, but, like, it's not really progress, right? Like he's like he's yeah. he's basically going back and doing the same thing, and he's just saying I'll do I'll, I'll I won't work as much, but I'll work better with the like that is that is just as much a recipe for the yeah. problem he had. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I gotta uh, do better. I gotta do better. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Maybe maybe we get more Franklin addiction B plot, and that's just a seed for uh for the future. So I don't know. <laughs> but uh but yeah no I, I enjoyed the episode i just um i just think that it's it's sort of one of these episodes that now things are kind of getting more into you know as we get into season four i can see things are kind of feeling more less episodic and more story driven and so this was an important part of the story and at the end of it uh we get a really big revelation with uh um anna, anna sheridan yeah yes um and we get the whole thing with Delenn and Sheridan doing the three nights thing, right? Where yeah, that's true. That's true. That that was uh, significant. I should have brought that up. Yeah. Um, but I, before we get to Anna Sheridan, what did you think of the battle, the tactical center that the that him and Delenn were operating out of? I thought that was an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, it, it is a a nice way of portraying the battle. You get to have the characters there and you get to see the space battle at the same time. So it was a, you know, I mean, it, it it makes practical sense. And it's also a very nice kind of nice convention for the show to use. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, and obviously that's sort of like where they're, it was weird. I thought that they were sort of having romance. They, like the romantic <laughs> stuff I think was working fine. They have very good chemistry. I like the romantic plot. I just thought it was a little odd just the two of them being in there and then having the battle be like a backdrop for Rome. That seemed a little odd to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little bit weird. A um, little bit. But, but yeah, I, just, I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And that's just the way they are. That's all. Um, but also, with the going back to the Franklin plot, I did think it was interesting that he's he was kind of like an existentialist when he got down to it like that was like a very existentialist type scenario where it was all about sort of just having the will to decide to exist was sort of (laughs) what he was doing and uh and so then i was wondering oh well i wonder we don't really know a whole lot about foundationalism right like we don't know exactly like what are the like maybe that's kind of what a foundationalist is really like i I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been much explanation of his. Uh, I guess. I guess if I went through and watched the show specifically, looking for every detail every time he's mentioned it, but I, I haven't paid too much attention, so I can't. I can't recall anything he yeah. said about it earlier in the show. Um, but yeah, so I get. I guess the big thing in this one is Anna Sheridan showing up. That even though it's the end of the episode, that's the. Yeah, that's that's the big big shoe drop in this episode. Yeah, I mean obviously she's been been talked about for two full seasons at this point. So it's also something that uh Delenn saw in a vision 
um, in the uh, in the episode when they went back and when the, you know they had the old thing where Sinclair becomes um, Valen and everything. And, yeah. And she had a vision of the future where she saw that. And I think I was, I think I said at the time that I thought it sounded like a robot. <laughs> I thought it was a robot woman or I thought it was going to be Lita Alexander. Because Melissa I sensed, Gilbert. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I sensed, uh, I sensed, um, uh, I sensed like a romantic vibe between Lita Alexander and uh, um, uh, Sheridan. And so I thought, oh, there's going to be a love triangle. But yeah. it turns out it's, uh, like you said, Melissa Gilbert. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I, 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 how did you feel about her return before we get into Zaha Doom? Because that's sort of where this naturally goes. I, I think it, I, I, I find it pretty interesting. I mean, it's uh, obviously, you know, they haven't, they haven't come with the most, you know, you know, possibly, you know, most ridiculously derailing time that it can for maximum dramatic potential. But, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, if you talk about just the initial scene, I, uh, yeah, I thought it worked pretty well. I, I, uh, I was, it was pretty, it was pretty jaw dropping to me back at the time when I first watched the show. But, uh, you know, nowadays I'd probably be more ready for, they keep bringing her up. She's got to still be alive. She's got to still be alive. But I was, I, I was more innocent back then. So it completely caught me off guard. I was surprised. I did not, I didn't think that's what it was going to be. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and they've been mentioning Zaha Doom. Like, there's been all this stuff that would make you, you know, that I, 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 like, I feel like I should have caught on, but, but I didn't. So I, I, I think it was a genuine surprise. I thought she was mildly annoying, in the way that she, like, <laughs> like I thought, like, hmm, she yeah. just come back from the dead, and she's just, she's already like sounding kind of like, I don't know, she had like a tone when she was speaking to Delenn, and I, I, I wasn't sure the tone was warranted. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, well, I mean, I think I think it works when you ultimately find out more about what you know her situation really is. There's just this, there's just this utter lack of empathy to her, which yeah. is, which is you know, which which I think works very well. The further you get into the next episode, might as well just start talking about the next. Yeah, episode what, so so what's 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 the deal with uh, Zaha Doom? Why don't we get into that? Well, Zaha Doom is the one that deals with the fallout. Anna, Sher- Anna Sheridan has shown up, and she uh, wants uh, Sheridan to go back with her to uh, Zaha Doom so he can learn what the shadows are all really about. And uh, the only other plot thread I can think about, this is also the episode where Londo gets his invitation to go <laughs> join the Imperial Court, which he is not happy about. So, uh, But yeah, uh, getting into this one, uh, as we're saying, Anna Sheridan. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's obviously you know Sheridan's initial reaction. He's just really freaked out. He doesn't <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem to know how to react to this. He's just very uncomfortable about the whole situation. But yeah, it, it's uh, you know, and she has to go through all this testing with Franklin to uh, figure out whether it's really her. And uh, it is her, but then again, it's not. So I don't know. I know. What was your feeling about this episode as a whole? I really, really liked this one a lot. I thought. That, uh-huh. uh, I thought that it worked really well. Number one, the way it was shot, like the use of sound in this was very effective. When um, there was something very striking when when because they sort of begin where the last episode ended, and they actually they actually show that scene again 
where Delenn uh, uh, meets his wife, and yeah. and and then you immediately get like silence, and then Sheridan, and something about the use of silence in that scene really made it dramatic, and it was striking. Like it like it didn't. It felt like much more effective use of 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 of, of like whatever. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy that plays Sheridan, whatever he was doing. And whatever they were telling people around him not to do uh, was it just it just worked. I, I don't know how to explain it. And there was and there was a sense of calm underlying the early part of the episode so that you could kind of get like the full impact of everything people were saying to each other. And, yeah. And I don't know. I just I just thought that really worked. But then the whole progression of the story where he ends up going to Zaha Doom and all this stuff happens, which we'll get into. But that that really epic moment. Uh, when he, you know, he basically falls into Moria. Um, yeah. That, that, uh, yeah. That, that epic, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I kept calling Zaha Doom Kaza Doom when we first started. And, and little did you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I sent, I sent Adam, uh, um, an email in between this where I was like, I think I'm supposed to read the Silmarillion now. Cause I've, I've never read the Silmarillion, but I've read Lord of the Rings. And so. Now I'm starting to to wonder. Oh, should I be? Should I? Should I? Should these things be in my mind? Um, but uh, yeah. but I thought it was a great episode. I thought it was a really good episode. Um, yeah, it is. It's a it's a very uh, very solid episode. It builds up to a big finish there. And I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's one too. You know, as I was watching it, you know, as knowing what was going to happen, it's 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 really interesting watching everyone's performance and seeing how Anna Sheridan is. You know, it's like she's trying to be friendly and win Sheridan over, but at the same time, there's just something that isn't right about her ever. And I mean, it gets, you know, he brings it up near the end of the episode, and the uh, the whole the whole creepy scene with uh, Justin trying to explain the shadows well, is, uh, is I think works well too. I was pretty certain that Sheridan wasn't buying it. But there was yeah. like a thirty percent of me that was like maybe the scene that I really liked though is when he had the he had the doctor's report on the table when he was hugging mm. her. He looks over, he sees the report, and then they go. I think soon after that you see Franklin going up to Ivanova, and he's like, "Why did Sheridan go?" And he's like, "She's like, I." And he's like, "But I gave him the report. I know he read it." And I thought there's something about that scene really it just worked yeah. and, it, and it explained everything in a moment and. uh and then when, like you said, when they get to Zaha Doom and there's that, you know, Morden and Justin and Anna Sheridan or the, the, I don't we really can't call her Anna Sheridan because she's like a, she's like a reprogrammed Anna Sheridan. She's got like, yeah, I don't know exactly, I don't know if, is it, is this a completely new person or have they simply rebooted the old Anna Sheridan and fed her new I don't know the uh, precise details there, but I mean, you know, obviously they had her, they were using her as a component in one of their shadow ships for a while. Mm. They brought that up and, you know, and that <laughs> pretty much ruins you as a person, apparently. So uh, she was, she was as, as close to the original Anna Sheridan as they could make after that point. Well, yeah. I guess they didn't want her too close because they wanted her to still be exactly what they wanted too, but... Yeah, it's uh but I liked getting the explanation from the sh- like like obviously this is 
this is like the the most favor favorable light that you could put the explanation in because Justin's <laughs> trying to convert him. But I like yeah. that they explain their position, and it seems like a plausible one. It it you know it seems yeah. a little better than just oh it's just a battle between good and evil. Um, yeah, that it's a battle between law, but between order and chaos essentially, with chaos mm-hmm. being about improving things through disorder, and 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 order being more about stability and peace and so yeah uh, we're gonna we're gonna teach all the younger races and make them what we want and shape them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i thought that it was uh i don't know it was a good explanation because i was kind of cre- when he was going there and it seemed like oh he's going to be getting their perspective i wanted i was curious what it was going to be and i and yeah. i and i and i liked the way that they put it i also like that they you know you could definitely get the sense that uh, like the guy that played Justin, he was really giving me a Roman cast of vet, uh, vibe like, uh, from, uh, Rosemary's baby. Um, oh yes, you know, yes, like he looks no, nothing like perfect. the guy, but like he just no. had that vibe. Uh, yeah, but he yeah. looked like Mark Twain. Like that was sort of how I, <laughs> yes. So it was like this, co- it was like this avuncular and sinister combination, um, with a little bit of smarts and, and, uh, and I don't know, but also like how something about that guy's delivery, it was it was weird but perfect. It was just uh I don't know, I just I yeah. I, I, I love well, Oh go it's, ahead. It's, it's yeah, I think it's just it's just a similar thing where it's like it's 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 just not quite human, you know. Yeah. It's just off enough to make you uncomfortable, even though he's trying to be this really friendly kind of person. Yeah, because he's got <laughs> like a sweater vest or something like that. He's got you know <laughs> You know, you can picture him smoking a pipe, and I think he's serving tea. Um, but there's something a little bit is is his hair's a little too curly, and his 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 mustache is a little too bushy, or something. Like there's something there's something that just doesn't quite feel like I haven't seen a character that really looks like him in this setting. Do you know what I mean? There's something that feels yeah. off about his presentation, um, yeah. like anachronistic. And um, even though we do get a lot of anachronisms, I found something about him, you know, just just not quite right. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so I, so I, I enjoyed that. And then, uh, you know, the, what was interesting to me though, is walking into the shadows. I, w- I was like, oh, this is kind of, you know, anticlimactic. They're just in a bunch of hallways. And I didn't realize they were sort of doing it in reverse where they're sort of saving the reveal yeah. for when he goes to the chasm and he falls in. And, uh, and I thought his plan was really cool. I like that he like blows up i guess it's like one of their major cities is, is yeah. the way that it was explained they're, they're, they're and, a major city yeah and so and and and, and we see these thermonuclear devices that jakar uh has brought to babylon 5 earlier in the episode and two of them yeah. are missing and it turns check out check off the nuke from the first scene or so of the episode yeah but... Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but 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 he but he, he basically puts them on the white star i think and sent well I don't know because he has not... Garibaldi. I think I assume that's what he has Garibaldi do. Remember, he gives all those instructions to Garibaldi, and Garibaldi's like, "Whoa!" Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I assume that's what Garibaldi was doing in the background was putting the nukes on board the White Star for him. And that scene was good too, because especially now that I know what's coming down the pike with him and Garibaldi, and how interesting that becomes, at least by episode four of next season. Um, yeah. Uh, I liked I liked that number one he's earned Garibaldi's trust enough to ask him this thing, but like he's also just spent all of the trust that he's earned in asking that. And, yeah. 
And, uh, and I like the whole, well, you know, if you do all this and everything goes to plan, next time we meet, we'll talk about the weather. And so then when he shows up with his wife, you know, Garibaldi's like, oh, I heard a news report going to be, you know, going to be whatever in New York. And, and, uh, and, and Sheridan's like, oh, yes, it must be nice this time of year. And, you know, in that yeah. region. And it's clearly uh, the code. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually, it's funny, I didn't pick up on that watching the episode. I'm like, oh, duh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I thought it was a good episode. And, uh, and definitely Sheridan is in a dire situation. And, um, and Garibaldi is also, we don't, it's a little unclear exactly where Garibaldi is is and and what happens to him i think by the end of this episode i was kind of yeah his uh his uh star fury has been grabbed by a shadow ship we kind of see that much but beyond that it's a mystery at this point and um and yeah so i don't know that's uh and overall i thought it was a really good season i was uh this was the strongest season so far without question in my opinion um yeah yeah. And uh, and it and it just kept getting and it and it got so good that I think by the end it was really I was having trouble keeping track of the differences between the episodes because it was I was so invested in what was going on. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot less. Like you said, the last two episodes of the previous season were very distinct. You had the Inquisitor episode, and then you had the one with uh, Sheridan and Akash revealing himself to save Sheridan, and those were. It's really easy to separate those two. They were very distinct episodes, but this this is one going right into the other. And uh, and I guess that that brings us into season four because that's we we sort of you know we watched the first episode. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. why don't we you know Hour of the Wolf is the first episode, and I thought um, that was a well. Why don't you describe the the episode and I'll say what I have to say later. Sure. Um, yeah, this is the episode where uh, it's a, a lot of the episode is just kind of uh, trying to establish the new normal after it. Ivanova is pretty much left in charge with, uh, you know, both, you know, Garibaldi and, and Sinclair having disappeared. And uh, she, uh, she ends up teaming up with the Len and Lita to try and uh, go to Zaha Doom to figure out what happened to Sheridan. And, uh, we also have the other uh, significant thread here as Londo actually goes to Centauri Prime in this one. And we get to finally meet the Cartaja uh, who we've been hearing about for a very long time at this point. And, and he's completely insane. <laughs> and I think that is the, uh, that is like the heart of the episode is, uh, is, is, is Centauri. Um, but to talk about them going to Zaha Doom, I thought that was interesting because um the uh there's this moment where they where something happens like a ship or something shows up and seems to affect everybody aboard the the, the white star yeah now, this isn't the same white star that sheridan had right this is a different white star is this just well, they had they revealed the whole fleet they've got yeah. a whole fleet of white stars now. yeah so yeah the one the one sheridan had is, is no more yeah so. yeah so this, <laughs> so this is a different white star i just wanted to be clear on that um but they start uh, getting drawn into Zaha Doom. And it sounds like they're almost ready to land, but Lanier was yeah. really smart and he set it up so that he had to keep pushing a button every two minutes or the ship would just automatically go back to Babylon 5. But Ivanova says, I think I've been here before. And that made me really, really nervous when I heard that. Um, <laughs> because I know she's a, a, like a, she's got like a, some, you know, psychic abilities. So like, yeah. latent telepath. 
And I don't know. I don't think that it's good if you've been to Zahadum before, given what we know about Zahadum and how the shadows operate. Um, yeah, not a good thing. Yeah, one thing that was a lot more subtle on the show back when it aired, which isn't subtle at all now, is when they're when they're all kind of getting hypnotized. You kind of see that thing coming through space at them with you know the the different rows of lights, and each one of those lights is pretty pretty clearly like an eye of Sauron. You know, which was was more of a hey, you have to be a nerd to recognize this thing. But now anyone can look at it and go, hey, it's the Eye of Sauron. Well, what, and the then they call it the Eye of something? Like they had a term that they used. The, the, eye, is, the eye is like a me or something yeah. like that. It was a very Lord of the Rings reference at the time too. Yeah, things, so. things start getting very Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> we, you know, we should say at the uh, – well, we'll get, when we get to the end of the episode, at the end of the episode, Sheridan, we see what's going on with Sheridan and he – there's a guy there who looks really weird. He looks like the devil to me. Um, Just because he has a goatee and kind of a goat-like No, they're, they're like medieval depictions <laughs> of the devil that this guy's makeup was derived from. Like, I'm, I'm convinced. Um, I, I was Google searching Satan and Lucifer and different imagery, and, and I, I, think, I think there were some deliberate uh, similarities being drawn he he's the devil without the horns that's all he, like if you take out the horns yeah. on a devil depiction that's what you got is this guy um and uh you know it's sort of like if an elf and the devil had a baby um but uh but anyway so but that's the end of the episode and it's very little information to work off of so we'll, we'll discuss it at the end but um but the more interesting stuff really happens i think on centauri prime where yeah. Things are going full eye Claudius. Like, uh, you know, Londo goes there and Cartagia is insane. Like, he's crazy. He, he, number one, you know, the first sign of his in- mental instability we see is that he's got like a really short crest instead of a tall one, which, uh, which isn't a little much. jagged too. It's a little like, it looked almost like he did it himself. Like, you know, what didn't have the smoothness of most mm. Centauri crests, if you ask me, but, and, and at first, it sounds like he's doing it for a good reason because it allows him to sort of go and be among yeah. the people without attracting attention to himself, and so he can see things that, you know, like a, a normal emperor wouldn't be able to see. But it's kind of clear that he's also really doing it just for fashionable purposes, and he's sort of like, you know, very obsessed with those sorts of things. But yeah. we learn uh, that he's working with the shadows and giving them haven on Centauri, and. Uh, and Londo is not comfortable with this at all. Uh, <laughs> and apparently it's done in exchange for godhood, uh, whatever that means. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not entirely clear. But, yeah, it, it is a... Uh, yeah, I know if we have an exchange, Morden survived the uh, nuking and has uh, shown up in pretty bad shape on the Centauri homeworld. I... I thought that was in, that was one of the most interesting moments in this episode. I thought was when Gordon shows up and he's he's number one. There's after effect of what Sheridan did. You know, he's, he looks like I don't know how you would describe him. He looks like his skin is made out of stone almost. I don't know what they're going for, but but he's yeah. definitely serious. Well, looked, oh, go ahead. It looked, it looked very similar to the uh, makeup when Delenn first came out of the chrysalis. To be honest, yeah, I, I yeah. felt like it was the same makeup effect going on. But but I think he's supposed to just be burned, right? Like yeah, he is. He um, is. 
and and it's unclear to me if he's ever going to be repaired or not. Um, but he says, uh, he says, flesh is an instrument. Flesh can be replaced, and flesh does as it's told, or they will become most annoyed. So he's, uh, you know, he's doing the bidding of the shadows, but you can tell he's like really in a great deal of pain and discomfort. And uh, yeah. and what I found interesting was Londo seemed to have a lot of compassion for him in that those few moments. He did. He um, did. Because he, he had like a look of genuine concern and he's like, shouldn't you be tending to your injuries rather than coming here and, you know, you know, uh, dealing with these sort of things? Um, yeah, so. I think I think it's an interesting trait in Londo. He can be really ruthless in the abstract, but it's like whenever he's like around a person, he's got this, you know, if someone's like right there, he's generally pretty warm and compassionate to people that are. That are there. Yeah. You know, more so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's one of these politicians that like if the person is in their office explaining their story, he'd uh-huh. have nothing but compassion. But the moment they leave, he might enact policies that would just <laughs> destroy them. Um, but uh, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but he but yeah, he's an interesting character. And also, I thought that the whole exchange was interesting because Morden doesn't like threaten him. I mean, there's, there, I guess oh. there's like a tacit threat because obviously, if if Londo really pushes him, he could, he could just have have him executed via the insane emperor. But number one, he points out, you know, if there's a madman on the throne, it's your fault. You guys put him there. We didn't put him there. Um, yeah. So you know, so it's clear that Morden's not thrilled either that this guy's on the throne. Um, but then he also says, no, you're, you're like Londo's like, no, I'm not going to do what you want. I don't care, you know. And he's like, no, you will. And the reason why is number one, you're drawn to power. But maybe more importantly, you're afraid of what somebody else might do with that power other than you. And so I think that's a really interesting explanation for Londo's descent into evil, because it's it's you can sort of see it like, yeah, like maybe maybe if I'm at least at the helm, I won't I won't ruin it as badly as Cartagia or Rifa will. So, yeah, and I, I think that's a big part of why he went back to Morden. We, we talked about that a couple of episodes. You know, it's not, I don't think it was so much that he was completely fooled by it as much as he's like, okay, well, I don't want another Rifa being their guy. It's going to be me. I'm going to be their guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I thought that was I thought that was very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And I uh, mean, it's well, it, it's interesting too. This the shadows are really good at, at you know telling the truth to get their effect because i mean going back to you know mark twain on zaha doom you know it's and, and also the things that uh that that uh, anna sheridan said as well it's like they didn't do anything that made you think the shadows were any better mm. but things that anna said she, she she raised good questions about the land you know holding stuff back you know and then you know the mark twain guy he uh you know, you, you raise a lot of questions, too. It's like, well, the Vorlons are programming you to see them as angels, you know. And so it's like you, you didn't think any better of the shadows, but he, he, they're good at making you think, you know, yeah. they're enemies. Should you really be trusting their enemies, which is an interesting thing about them. No, and, he, and even going, I think even going back, going back to that episode work with Morden in that scene, Morden made some really good points about, you know, why the shadow approach was was, you know, a viable one. Where, you know, he was talking about, like, how every human advance was a product of... Con- now, you could obviously challenge him on that point, but it was it was yeah. still an intriguing argument where he was saying, you know, you know, if people weren't fighting this, you know, through all these centuries, you wouldn't have all these developments. And so all the shadows really want is to, to help you develop 
by you know now now granted you could die because you could be wiped out when they have you face off with uh with the narn or something but but the yeah. principle is the the strongest humans will survive and you, you know you'll and, and you'll produce great things and um but i thought it was interesting he said you know he said like we've he lists off a bunch of achievements and they're all generally kind of like you know spaceships and you know, weaponry, but then he says, and we've made sonnets, and, 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 and so the like sonnets you know, of war. Yeah, that's what I, was, like, well, I don't know if you need the war for the sonnets, but I guess you know, you know, without without the without the without the lab of of brutal conflict, Shakespeare wouldn't have been able to, um, to you know. But but it was still, I thought it was a cool sort of like you were saying. There's sort. Of, if it wasn't for the British Empire conquering the world, Shakespeare's sonnets wouldn't be so well known. <laughs> well, so you... I, I guess there's that argument, <laughs> but that's but he's talking about the creative force of destruction, and so you know I don't know that sonnets necessarily belong in there. Um, I mean, maybe some sonnets are about war, so maybe 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 the you know maybe war serves as an engine of drama, because um, I guess movies and books would be pretty dull without war. We're watching a whole series about yeah. uh, you know a war, so, um, but, but still, it's like you said they don't they're not necessarily lying. They're 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 kind of being honest. At least it seems that way. Um, you know, they obviously are hiding some of their mo- their intentions, but. Uh, but yeah, well, they, they can be deceptive. There's no question they're not willing to deceive. But I'm just saying they they are they are very good at using the truth yeah. as a tool. <laughs> yeah, because you get the feeling that what Morden said to Londo in that room was true, and Londo yes. felt it was true. Um, and and yeah, and then we we find out after that that somehow the shadows have offered him godhood. I don't know exactly how this is working because he he seems. I think what he says is they offered to give him some of their. Like I, I am guessing he had a conversation with Morden or somebody else from the Shadow Group, and they offered to give him something powerful, and he interpreted that to mean they're going to make him a god. That's how I'm yeah. interpreting it. I, I don't know exactly. Um, I, they maybe they're going to transform him physically. Maybe they're just going to give him technology or something. But he seems to believe that they're going to elevate him to godhood, like the previous emperors in their earlier history, and. But he's willing to sacrifice all of Centauri Prime to obtain it. Because Londo's like, well, but if they're hiding here, then people are just going to come here and destroy us. And we're going to be like their buffer between, you know. And and yeah. and, and, and uh, Cartagia is basically like, fine. You know, like the emperor is the soul of the Centauri Republic. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, the people, if they have to die for me so I can achieve godhood, so be it. Um, and he's yeah. like... He's like Caligula through the roof. He's, um, you know, like it's a very interesting performance because it's it's uh, it's I think madness is really difficult to calibrate on a show. And Mm -hmm. and and the tone that he's striking is sort of an interesting one. It's sort of uh, there's like a degree of humor in it. He's kind of got like a a French aristocrat sort of vibe going on. Uh, Like he's almost like a little bit like uh, like the movie Amadeus, like the way Amadeus was portrayed. He's kind of got that kind of a, uh, uh, I don't know. There's something, there's like that, the, the lighter side of him is like that, but the darker side is more in the realm of Caligula. Um, and I think it's working. I think it's working because I don't think that they could have matched the John Hurt performance. No, and, you wouldn't want to compete with that. But it's interesting to me because the thing about John Hurt is John Hurt has a really, really deep voice. And it's one of the most striking things about the Caligula character because he's sort of this, 
this ethereal, pale, golden-haired, almost angelic-looking person with a really deep, disturbing voice. And this is kind of the opposite. This guy's, you know, he looks more like he could, like if he had a deeper voice, it would sort of match his physique and his his features. But he speaks in a really high voice. And mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of an interesting, you know, I think it's interesting they went the opposite way here. Um, and so, I don't know, what did you think of, what do you think of Cartagia in general, just as a character? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, once again, I mean, the Caligula reference is pretty clear. I mean, the show, the show is obviously referring to, uh, I Claudius with a lot of this stuff, but yeah, I, I like the character. I like, I, I, I like that, you know, he, you know, like I said, it is, it is a pretty subtle performance for being a crazy guy. You know, it's like he is, he is pretty jovial. He's friendly. It's like if you don't listen to what he's saying, you could think, "Oh, what a nice guy." Yeah. It's just it's only in the actual words that you know, I mean, the actual meaning of what he's saying that's sinister and crazy. He doesn't he doesn't need to like do any flourishes of of, of ridiculous craziness to his performance. He just which makes him scarier, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like his ideas are insane. Yeah, I found yeah because he's very jovial. I find that there's also these transitions he kind of makes during the conversations mm-hmm. that sort of add, like they kind of punctuate things. Where I yeah. think when him and Londo are talking about you know the God thing, he's really sort of like he's like all excited about it, but he's kind of manic. But then when he sits down, he suddenly gets all regal. And is like, and then I will be very forgiving of your, you know, like, like he obviously, like Londo crosses a line during the conversation. Um, yeah. But then he sort of, he's, he sort of saves Londo by saying, you know, my godlike aspirations will give me boundless mercy. So I won't. <laughs> you know. Lucky for you. Yeah. If you live long enough for me to become a god. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And of course, the other big thing in this episode is we get the uh, reality of Londo's dream seeing the shadow ships mm. flying overhead. He, uh, that actually happens. And we go through some 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 convoluted dry cleaning uh, shenanigans to have him in the right coke for the scene. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Because the guy, the minister, uh, you know, washes them. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I guess I'll have to wear this old purple one. But uh... <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. The minister, I thought, really worked. Like he's always been a weird character, and now yeah. he kind of makes sense. Now that I'm sort of seeing him in the context of this Cartagia yeah. character, and yeah. and he's over the top. He sort of like looks like he's a stage performer rather than a TV performer, but it works because because you get that you get you feel his anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Like he's just this guy is dripping <laughs> with anxiety, and uh, and and he's he's almost going mad himself because he's. I mean, I'm sure he was even like this dealing with the previous emperors, but now he's got like an emperor that's truly crazy, and and he's just you know he knows that his head is 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 as much on the chopping block as anyone else's. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. at a certain point, Londo comes out and he's like, he's insane. He's crazy. And the guy's like, you shouldn't, don't, no, don't say that. Uh, you know, be quiet. Uh, you know, there are <laughs> other men have said that and they've lost their heads. Like he's, it's, it was, yeah. I thought it was a really cool moment. Uh, when he, when, when they're, when he's, when he's t- telling him about the, these heads that, uh, that, that are rumored to exist on a desk somewhere of people who <laughs> said the emperor is crazy. Um, 
Yeah. And then we see at the end of the episode, he goes in the room and there are the heads there and he, it was a very good day. Uh, um, yeah. Dear diary. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, not on, but yeah, the, the, the Centauri prime stuff is great in this episode without a doubt. It's the highlight, but, uh, yeah, the other thread, we, we get a little more of the new Kosh in this episode. Who and, I do uh, not like, I, I am, yeah. I, I mean, I already said I, I object to the red, the red eye beam. Um, and, and I, I just get, I mean, I already kind of know what's coming, but I was, I might, I established at the beginning that I, uh, uh, I didn't trust this guy with good reason. Yeah. I think. Um, it's, it's funny. It's funny how old Kosh, you never thought of him as like a warm, cuddly kind of mm-hmm. figure, but, but he really seems like yeah. it now. No. <laughs> like, it, wow. And and now I'm wondering, so, so I think I sent, I sent Adam an email and this really becomes more relevant in the next episodes, but I, my email was something like, uh, um, Oh God, I can't remember like what, I, I can't remember, but I but I was like, what the hell is going on with with New Kosh? Like, what 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 are yeah. you know what what why are they suddenly making this? Uh, why do they seem to be going to the dark side all of a sudden? Um, and I feel like New Kosh is our first indication that that something is going on here. Uh, that the that the that that the that the conflict might gain greater complexity by uh, by the as the fourth season uh, moves moves in you know sort of continues. Um, oh, I'm sorry, you want yeah. to say something? No, no. I was, oh, I was just going to say that, that. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, definitely, it continues the thread from you know the last episode of last season where you uh, you have. You know, you're starting to understand there's it's not a simple good and evil thing. There's there's motivations here. And, you know, it's 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 a, it's a little more complex now. It's not, you know, they've, they've kind of pulled the mask off it being just straightforward good versus evil. And yeah. now 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 we're kind of like looking at the Vorlons and wondering, well, what what are the Vorlons doing here? <laughs> well, now what I'm wondering too is maybe like Kosh is like an old eccentric Vorlon. Like maybe he isn't. Like maybe he was like, like you know, like like a good Vorlon. Do you know what I mean? Like a Vorlon who like was really nice and gentle, and the rest of them might not be that way. And and with his yeah. death, maybe there's been a power struggle, and somebody else within the Vorlon hierarchy who's a lot more aggressive has uh perhaps Nukosh. And we have a name for is it Ulkesh? Is that the name that we were told by uh somebody online? Uh Jacob Ross. Jacob yes. Ross uh mentioned that um Ulkesh, I think is his name in the, in Ulkesh, the Yeah, from the from the from the books, which yeah. I've never read the Babylon five books, so I, I I'm not familiar with, with that part of the canon. But yeah, apparently he does have a name, Ulkesh. So but but, uh, so but we'll yeah, call him either New Kosh like... or Olkesh, but he's uh, he's really mean, and yeah, yeah, and... he's it's, it's, oh, it's you know if, if you want to keep going with Lord of the Rings metaphors, it's like you know we we had Gandalf there for a while, and now Gandalf is gone, and now now Saruman's shown up. Yeah, so. yeah, that's that's <laughs> kind of how it feels, um, and uh, and yeah, and. 
and also we get this the uh there's a scene with Lita where you know she's absorbed she, like like at this point we know that basically what she's kind of doing is carrying a part of him with her right like yeah that's sort of so that he so i guess he can kind of go do things i don't know um I, I don't know exactly how this works but whenever we see her sort of absorbing light into her eyes and she clearly is not as comfortable with the energy that she's getting this time she says it feels darker and and so if she's worried i'm worried you know what i mean that's just a you know because she's the one that was very pro vorlon all the way up and now she's like something's off um, yeah, well, there's a scene where where she and uh and Olkesh meet with uh the land, and you know, and it's just yeah, Lita Lita just can't even hide how uncomfortable she is with yeah. everything during that scene. She yeah. is just very unhappy and an apologetic to the land about about what's going on. Cause, yeah, the land's trying to get the uh. That you know, find out, find out. Well, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you helping us? This is the big, big, big point at where everything matters. So. But uh, yeah, but the uh, the other, uh, of course, one thing we haven't talked about. We've got new credits again this season. So you know, which is a return to the original theme. I noticed. So that one in the middle must have been like a sort of. They're almost using it as like a central, dividing line. It seems because now we've gone back to the old motif of the uh yeah it's a, a more similar to, and, the, to the original yeah and it's funny i eventually really caught on to that newer the one they were using in three but it took me a while and i, I don't know why i couldn't hear the melody i don't know why uh -huh. and but then once i started hearing it then it worked but for some reason i was having trouble picking it up and i, I don't know why that is um but uh but this is back to sort of the you know the the, the, the old babylon theme and uh yeah um yeah and uh, and and also we had a uh, a whole thing with Jakar. Um, uh, I think he was going into Garibaldi's chambers and playing with his hat and yeah yeah and uh, yeah he feels he uh, owes Garibaldi so he's because Garibaldi was one of the first people to give him a chance when uh he was <laughs> when he was he was trying to change his uh you know, his, his, uh, reputation. And, and I know we're, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'm not going to spoil too much, but I do want to say, well, I am going to spoil things. So if you have, if you're not ahead of us, don't listen now, but, uh, I really like the direction that things go with Shakar in the next couple episodes in that I like where it starts here. And he sort of is, he's just, he's about to really expand the, the setting, uh, in a way that's interesting, I think. And, yeah, and I also he goes down some a very unexpected harrowing path. Like I knew he was going to have trials and tribulations because of visions we've seen in the future. I didn't know how they were going to unfold, and and yeah. this is sort of the moment where he makes a crucial decision. Um, I think because he goes to sort of, you know, like this is where he realizes he needs to help Garibaldi because um, Garibaldi helped to redeem him. Is I think what he's feeling at the moment. So. Um, yeah, you know, he, uh, if you remember when, uh, you know, he's the one who kind of sets Jakar up with the, uh, people to smuggle weapons and stuff because he's like, okay, you can't smuggle weapons through Babylon five, but, but here, check these guys out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but not just that, there was also, wasn't there a moment where he sort of nudged Jakar because, you know, the, the Narn weren't really going to help in the big battle. 
Oh yeah, well that was that that's later. But yeah. I was talking about very early on. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, he he kind of helps Jakar through that whole, you know, that whole period. But yeah, yeah, uh, that that that's definitely another point. But uh, but I thought that was an interesting moment. I thought like you know Jakar's been becoming a very interesting character in the series as a whole, and uh, and and uh, I don't know, I I like the relationship that's emerged between him and Garibaldi. But I also, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's, and, and, and when you like a relationship like that, that creates a lot of longing in you as a viewer for things to go a certain way. And now the writers kind of have you, do you know what I mean? So, so now when things get challenging for people, you know, I, I am feeling it. Um, So, and, and it's, again, it's, 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 it's been very long built. So, uh, but we'll get into that next episode. We, we probably should end it here. And, uh, if you have any other points, certainly. Uh, 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 yeah, I'll say it's interesting how Garibaldi and Jakar have, you know, become really close. When Garibaldi, you know, early on in the first season, we had the Garibaldi-Londo friendship, which was also really effective and really worked. And uh, it's impressive how they managed to pull the trick of having him go over and becoming Jakar's friend after you know and it, it it it's it also works it would have been it, it's it's a tricky thing to pull off really and uh and also it just kind of makes you think about you know it it is just how dark it is that you know he and he and londo just aren't friends it's not like a tv thing where it's like oh they had a for a few episodes they were not it's like boom that their friendship just utterly yeah. died yeah <laughs> yeah that's hard to come back from though we, yeah. we learn interesting things still about the nature of their relationship going forward yeah. that I think is, is I, I think puts things in a different light than I expected. Um, mm-hmm. It's still not, it's not, you know, it's not how it would be if this was full house or something or, you know, but it's, uh, <laughs> um, but it's unexpected. Um, but I'm going to end it there because we have to, we are going to have to head yeah. up soon. So uh, we'll be back on, on Saturday probably with uh, the next two or three episodes. And, uh, and uh, tomorrow we're going to, Tomorrow, no, no, uh, Thursday, we're going to be on with House of Traps, and Friday we'll hopefully be doing a live stream, not on this podcast, but on the Deathblade channel of a, a session of Ogre Gate. So uh, until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.